And this, this is the best place to be in the kingdom of God. You know what the first miracle Jesus did? Anybody know? Turned water into wine. Showed up at a party that was out of wine. And he made, he made like, well, they had like six jugs that one deal I read heard like, made like 20 gallons a piece. So y'all help me with the math. Six times 20, it was 100. So he showed up at this party where they've already run out of wine and, and brought in 120 gallons more. So apparently he wants us to have a good time. Apparently he wants us to celebrate. We, we, we should be the happiest people on earth because God is for us, not against us. He came that we may have life and life more abundantly. He said, he said in this world there will be tribulations, but be of good cheer. Cheer up. Come on, because I've overcome this world. Yes. Amen. Yes. So that's all just free stuff right there. I didn't plan none of that. Y'all should get put in some more money. <laughs> Amen. God is so good. I'm, I'm so glad to see everybody here today as we celebrate uh, Palm Sunday. That's what it is. When Jesus come in, everybody's waving plants, and, and we're not really a, a plant-waving church, so... We're kind of a mixture from a lot of different churches So if you're from one of those backgrounds There you go so, I, I, I don't know what that really means But I'm moving right along <laughs> I, I do believe with all my heart though That, that God wants you to have this amazing life I, I believe with everything that's within me That's, that's why, why we do this Is because I, I've experienced it. I went from, from one of the worst Easter's in my life to one of the best Easter's in my life, which hadn't happened yet because every year they get better. So, and, and it's a celebration of God's goodness. And I believe everybody has a destiny. Everybody has a purpose. I believe everybody has a reason you were created. Yeah. Do you realize out of over 6 billion people, there's not another one just like you? That's, that's so crazy to me. That's so that, that God planned you for the kingdom for such a time as this. That, that I believe, like that song says, we're fixing to fly away. Uh, that, and I, I don't know, I hadn't studied it a lot, but I do know that in Thessalonians it says that we shall be caught up together to meet him in the air. And I believe we're getting close to that time. So I'm still on the first, the first toot I'm going to scoot. I'm, I'm out on the first load. If y'all want to stick around and be mid-trip, post-trip, whatever trip, but as soon as that horn blows, I'm out of here, and, and, and I hope I go kind of slow. Don't y'all? No, that would be me. I, I shouldn't be doing that. But. <laughs> so, so, but we should be, before that happens, we should be living life to the full, and we should be... We should be trying our best to find out what God created us for. Because if you never find out your place, if you never find out your destiny, if you never find out that thing that he made you for, I don't believe you're truly ever going to be happy. And that's why people are always going to find themselves. And, and, and because they don't know what, where they are. Look around. There you are. <laughs> you don't have to go find you. You're here. So, but, but once you realize that you have a purpose and you have a destiny that you were created for something that's way beyond you and bigger than you, but it's something that God made you special for, then all of a sudden, man, you start having this amazing life and, and, and is this great life that, that, that you're called to do. And it may even be changing. Sometimes, used to, I was youth pastor. Used to, I took youth to snow skiing trips. Thank you. Jesus for deliverance. But I... I think I had a little more wisdom than our current youth pastors. 
Because we done bad stuff. We done goofy stuff. We we done wrong things. But we didn't stand on top of a van and just come in here and show everybody. <laughs> we kind of we kind of come in. How'd it go? Everything went well. Yeah, we really didn't. No trouble. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess we didn't have iPhones back then. So when I was seeing how many, so when I was seeing how many kids we could get into an elevator, that nobody had a phone to take a picture of it. And I'm freaking out because I'm claustrophobic. No, the elevator gets stuck, and then all I'm thinking in my mind is, okay, when the fire department shows up and open their doors, they're going to say, "Who's in charge here?" That would be me. But we already see how far we could catch M and M's off of a hotel room. I think I made it three stories that I could catch it in my mouth, and. If you miss, it hurts. Yeah, that's something. You, go ahead. That's good. You don't think it's good? Go try it. You, you, you can put an eye out doing that. Literally. Oh. And then the, the doctor show up. What happened? Trying to get you and him off the top of the hotel. I think Matt got like four. He got up there. Matt said, you can get one off your tooth. It hurts. Are your lip on your tooth? Oh, I'm moving around long. <laughs> He's kind of waiting for my help to show up. He'll be here soon. But I want to show you this in Matthew 4, 17, because I believe that the enemy does come to steal, kill, and destroy. And I believe one of the things he wants to steal is your destiny. And I'm going to show you this morning one of the primary ways I think he uses to steal your destiny. I think this thing right here, if we beat this thing, I think, man, everything else is easy. And you're going to have ample ample. And apples. <laughs> you have an apple opportunity. <laughs> apple opportunity to, to experience this and practice this and get over this. So uh, Mark 4.17, this is the great parable of the sower that if you've been here three times, you've heard me say. But anyway, from that time, Jesus began to preach the... That is Matthew. Mark, Mark, Mark. That's pretty good, too. For y'all visitors, it'll be all right. It'll get better. <laughs> pay no the man. Pay no attention to the man in the front. <laughs> uh, thank you, Jesus. We should have fun. Yeah, we really should. And they have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time. And afterwards, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. The King James says, having no root in themselves, so endure for a time afterwards. And when affliction and persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. Once you got born again, the word, you heard the word, it came inside of you, and then you start growing in the word. And you start getting promises. You start finding out that God is for you, not against you. You start finding out that God is good all the time. You start finding out He wants you blessed. You start finding out it's not holy to be poor. It's poor to be poor. You start finding out it's not better to be sick because I've been sick and poor and I like it better on the other side. And then you start finding out this stuff so the Word starts growing in you will immediately tribulation and persecution are going to come to try to get that word. Not God trying to teach you a lesson. He teaches you through His word. But there's the enemy coming to try to get that word. And the way he's going to do it is he's going to bring tribulation, which is pressure, or persecution. That girl just talking bad about me. Yeah, that's going to come. And the reason it comes is because all you all your young girls just look straight ahead. How many of y'all have got boys and girls? How many like to trade in your girls when they got 13? <laughs> huh? Or 10? 
Boy, boys is hard. It's a whole lot easier. I had a girl. She's here on the front row. Yeah, it was easy. We didn't talk from the time she turned 12. <laughs> from 12 to like, once Dave took her, then we started talking again. <laughs> but, what, but, but there's going to be people that's going to come against you to persecute. They're going to say things they shouldn't say. They're going to do things they shouldn't do. They're going to try every way in the world to hurt your feelings. And, and it's, a, it's a fine line. we got to... To be a Christian, you got to have thick skin yeah. and a tender heart. Yeah. And that's not always easy to do. Because no. you can't be just, oh, it hurt my feelings because I can't get offended, but I can't just be so hard, but they're getting what they're... So you got to constantly do this, and one of the ways the enemy's going to try to come in is he's going to try to find a way to offend you. Yes. And if he can offend you, then he can still kill and destroy this word that's within you. And, and so, say, I won't get offended with you today, Randy. I won't get offended with you. No matter what goofy stuff you say. No matter what goofy stuff you say. <laughs> Psalms 119 says, great, great joy, peace, great peace have they that love your law, and nothing shall offend them. So if we love the word, and we won't get offended. So the, the, the enemy comes to offend you, and the word for offend the word where it says stumble is the Greek word scandalon, where we get the word scandalous. And what it literally means is, let me show you. You see this little deal right here where you put the cheese? That's what it means. It's, it's the Hebrew, the Greek word for bait stick. That's where you put the cheese, and the cheese is the thing that the little mouse comes over here. Hold this, Shanna. <laughs> The, the little thing that holds the cheese and the little mouse comes in, I'm going to smash my finger before we're done. And no, I'm not. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. <laughs> and he comes in and he smells the cheese and he eats it. And then you're sitting there watching TV and one of this great sound that you just enjoy if you're like me. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the offense. The enemy comes in to see if he can get you offended, and if he can get you offended, he'll start. You'll start smelling some cheese. I smell cheese. It smells good. What is that? What's it on that? And the next thing you know, yeah, yeah. I like the little flutter they do after. <laughs> Nothing will offend you. <laughs> so, see, the mice are under the curse. We went to a pet shop. What day did we go to Lawton? The day before yesterday. We got there early for Justin's birthday party. And we went to, they got mice for, huh? Landry's. So we, we got a birthday party every day this week. Just pick one. Go somewhere. We're, I'm having a grandkid got a party. Or niece or something. They had real mice in there for $16. So, I need to be live trapping them and reselling them. <laughs> but anyway, that, see, the enemy wants to offend you. And the way that he offends you. Now, here's, here's the important part. So y'all need to write this down. Because this is real. <laughs> and what happens is somebody will do something or say something that hurts your feelings. It's going to happen. Yeah. I had this beautiful little dog I love more than, than, than 
a couple of my kids. <laughs> Y'all pick out which ones. <laughs> and we were out one day, and it, and it got run over, and I saw it, man, and it, it, was, it hurt me so much. I left there, and we had, we had, that was on a Sunday, and we went to service that Sunday night. I walked into the church, and I had a lady approach me, and she said, I just want to let you know that I think you're kind of stuck up. My husband would come to church, and you didn't even talk to him. Lady, I want to let you know something. <laughs> Every fiber in my beings wanting to let you know something right now. And I passed the test. I, that's one of the proud moments of my life. <laughs> I said, well, I apologize. I'm kind of shy one-on-one, -on -one, and I don't mean to be stuck up. So please forgive me. And I walked off. And I got a bad boy from God as I'm walking away. Because you're going to get opportunities. I could have said some stuff. I ain't that saved. I ain't that saved yet. <laughs> but what happens then is, is somebody will come against you. And then you will nurse it. You will nurse it. I shouldn't have said that. I mean, I'll, I'll show up every Sunday and try to do things right. It wasn't my fault. I was doing the road. Oh, that hurt my feelings. And we nurse it. Come here, little, come here, little, come here, little wound. Come here, your little wound. Those mean people. Those mean, 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 mean people. Say something like that about you. And then you, so you nurse it. And the next step is you rehearse it. The next day. Can you believe that? I was just going to church. I was just going into the dollar store and they didn't even speak to me. They didn't even speak to me. They probably didn't see you. I mean, well, you're going to get opportunities because the enemy's going to point stuff out. I'm going to do something to hurt your feelings. Yep. Can we get that right out in the open right now? You hang around me long enough. I'm going to say something goofy. I'm going to do something. I'm not going to shake your hands. I'm going to walk away when you're tired. I'm going to, because I'm human, and we're going to do something. Somebody's going to do something that's going to hurt your feelings. But what we do is we start nursing it. And then we start rehearsing. Did you believe that? I wasn't doing nothing. I was going out of my way to be nice to him. And to, I was going to pay for his groceries. And what did you see how they treated me? Do you know what they said? Can you believe that they did that? Can you believe that that little took a little girl snow skin and ripped half of her face off on that mountain? Can you believe them people down there? <laughs> no, just little snitches from a snowboarder. Snowboarders are evil. And you rehearse it and you go on. They shouldn't have done that. And, and, and especially if you're married. You're, if you, you know, can you believe she said that? Does she know who she's married to? Has she looked at me lately? Cleaning <laughs> about a sock in the floor. You know how many women would love to have my socks on their floor? <laughs> And you rehearse it to where you start believing it. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and you're getting like, I believe that's got a smoky cheddar smell. I've got to have some of that. So you nurse it and you rehearse it. But when the trouble comes in, yes. is when you disperse it. The dispersing is the 
Because see, we are under this spiritual law that is called sowing and reaping. And, and, and whatever I sow is what I'm going to reap. Yes. God loves me. God is crazy. If you was here last week, you know how much God loves Randy. But he cannot bypass, just like the law of gravity, he can't bypass the law of the Spirit, which is the law of sowing and reaping. Jesus is called our advocate. That means he takes up for us. That's good news. Yes, it is. That's good news. Jesus, Jesus is our lawyer and our daddy's the judge. We're going to win this one. But he he's an advocate for those that are born again. He takes up for us. So here's Shanna, my daughter, and here's, oh man, can I get somebody to play Jesus other than this guy? <laughs> and here's Jesus. Now, when Shanna didn't come over to my house, she come to my house, takes my wife's clothes, and leaves and then makes popcorn and just carries it out and don't even give me none. Like popcorn's free. <laughs> and I nurse it. Oh, why do you go get a cup bar of popcorn? <laughs> then I rehearse it. I've been over to her house a lot of times. She never made me any popcorn at her house. She comes to my house and get popcorn. And I'm okay, but now I'm getting close to that line to where I start dispersing it. Come here, Tammy. So what happens, what happens is I see Tammy. I'm probably the devil. No, you're going to be just, you're just, you're just my friend. Okay. You're my friend. And I say, I see my friend. And when I see my friend, you know that your daughter. I know. Shanna Thompson comes to our house, gets your clothes, <laughs> and eats my popcorn. Eats my, can you believe she does that? She's a popcorn stealing thief. <laughs> popcorn thief's what she is. I ain't gonna put up with it anymore. I'm telling everybody I know she's a popcorn thief. Guard your popcorn! <laughs> Don't let that woman come to your popcorn. She'll eat it all. She'll go to, you, you take her like to a movie, she's got the whole tub in her lap. You won't, can I have, no, you get away, get your own. She's a popcorn thief. So I, I, now I've put this law into effect. I've voiced it. I've sowed it. What you sow is what you reap. I've told her about it. Now there's two things that can happen here. Is I can go to Shanna and apologize. Say, Shanna, I'm sorry. You can have popcorn all you want. Now me and Shanna are tight. But she's mad at Shanna. And she didn't even have nothing to do with it. Yeah. Guard what you're listening to. Don't listen to gossip. Don't spread it. Don't listen to it. If she hadn't hurt, now, now they're fighting. We're happy. Everything's going all right because I repented. I confess. Forgive me. But I done created an animosity between them. Go look in Proverbs. There's like seven things that God hates. And it's not gay marriage. <laughs> it's he who throws, sows discord, discord among the brethren. That thing right there, he hates. So see, that's part of it. Now, thank you. Good job. Now here's the other part of it. Oh, I like your bow. Y'all didn't see your bow. It was a nice little thing. Now here's the other part. I'm coming against her. He's Jesus. What's his job? Our advocate. 
our advocate. She's the church, a Christian. He's her advocate. So guess what happens when I come against her? What he has to do? He has to come against me. Wow. I don't want Jesus against me. You don't either. I know we're coming on Easter, and you see those neat little Easter things like that. He don't look like that now. When he showed up in, in Revelations, his hair was like on fire. He had eyes like lasers. His legs were like polished brass. And John, who used to be the disciple Jesus loved, always hit the ground like he was dead because he'd go, whoa, you are something. And I don't want him against me. I say, I just cut off my anointing. I just cut off God being at my advocate. He don't want to. He loves me. He wants to be for me. But he can't because of the choice that I made to come against another one of his favorites. See how important this is. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. I, I believe... Man, I gotta, I gotta hurry. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna paraphrase a lot of this. Is that okay? I'll show you the verses later if it's okay with you. There's a story in the Bible. David wrote several times, "Touch not God's anointing." So you have an anointing. You have a gift from God to do something at a level the world can't comprehend. You have an ability to do something nobody else can do. And when you do it, it seems so easy to you that you don't even know you can do it. So you're watching. Man, I wish I could make a video like Mindy. I wish I could sing like Dave and Shannon. I can't do nothing. But no, you don't notice your anointing. You have a gift from God for the now, for this area. And David, David recognized he was anointed king. Now his father-in-law, you talk about family troubles, his father-in-law was king, he'd lost his anointing, but David, David was anointed king now. David's father-in-law tried to kill him, threw a spear at him, started chasing him, ran him off because he got jealous of David. He goes in, now King James says he goes in to cover his feet, so that means he went into a cave to go to the bathroom. David's father-in-law... King Saul goes into a cave to use the bathroom. Don't know why. Don't know what's up with that. Apparently there's no porta potties close. Now, the, it gets weirder. So stick around. David happened to be in the cave. Talk about odd. Talk about awkward. <laughs> so his father-in-law's in the cave. And I don't know if he pulled his jacket off to use the bathroom. Or if he still had his jacket on. But David come up and he cut off a corner of his jacket. And then David realized what he had done and he asked for forgiveness. This guy's trying to kill him. David's hiding in a cave because he'll kill him if he don't. And the guy finishes up and leaves and David walks out after he's some distance. He can't hit him with the sword and spear again. And he said, please forgive me. I cut this off your garment. And I've touched the Lord's anointed. Please forgive me. And I got to thinking about that. David knew he was supposed to be king. David knew he was anointed to be king. But he was not going to get offended. Even though his father. 
how many of y'all have in-laws? Some of y'all got really good ones because some of you married to my kids. But <laughs> there's a natural friction there anyway. So he's, his father-in-law is trying to kill him. Can you imagine him coming home? That dad of yours. I wish he'd throw that spirit at somebody else. <laughs> but he chose not to get offended. Because he don't want to lose that anointing. So I think when he says, touch not God's anointed, I think he's also talking about himself. I am anointed to be king of this nation, but if I get offended at Saul and I try to take care of this on my own, I'm going to disqualify myself from this thing that God has called me to do. And I think a lot of us in here have great callings, but because we got offended, we've disqualified ourselves. So you got to make up your mind that this thing they're saying about me is not worth me giving up the anointing that God has placed on me and I'm going to let God handle it because vengeance is his says him so you take care of it God I'm going to walk in love and I'm going to get everything that Jesus wanted me to have that'd be a good time just clap right there amen amen, amen. 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 one more story and we're going to quit I, I heard this story and it's like an evangelist story so we really don't know how true it is <laughs> I think it's true there, there's this tribe in Africa, and y'all heard this, some of you have heard it before. But there's a tribe in Africa, and what they will do, they will cut out a little hole in this hollow log. And they'll put a bait stick in there. And they put that bait stick in there, and a little monkey will come, and he'll reach his hand in that hole and grab that stick. But when he grabs it, he can't pull it back out, because now he's making a fist, and that thing won't come out of that hole. And what these natives do is they'll set that out there and they'll hide behind the trees. And when the little monkey comes and sticks his hand in a hole and grabs it, they'll run out there with clubs. It gets gruesome. We got supper. We're killing mice and monkeys today, Shanna. Hang on. Peter would not like this service. <laughs> All the monkey's got to do is let go of it, pull his hand out, and run up a tree. But he holds on to that thing. Y'all come play. He holds on to that thing. Holds on to it. Even though it's hurting him. Even though guys are coming at him with clubs, fixing to hit him in the head, he's trying to get away, and he can't get away because he won't let go of that offense. There's people that are holding offenses that they wouldn't even in. Well, I know what they did to my grandma. I don't like them either. No, you don't. Generational offenses. And natives are coming out of the woods and hitting us with sticks. And we're not letting go of it. Jesus told the story. And he said this guy owned like, owed like a million dollars. Actually in Matthew 18. And he come and told the guy, I said, man, I just can't pay you. I'm sorry. And the, and the guy, the rich guy said, 
write it off. I forgive you. You don't owe me nothing. And he left there after being forgiven of a million dollars and went and found somebody that owed him $7.75. I'm making up the numbers again. Give me my seven dollars. And grabbed him by the throat over seven dollars when he'd just been forgiven of a million. That's all we did. Ninety percent of the people that hurt you had no idea. They didn't plan on it. The other ten percent probably just wasn't paying attention. If I was going to hurt you, I'd have done a better job than that. <laughs> and we hold on to things that steals the anointing that God has placed on us. It's opening a door for the devil to mess up our families, to mess up our kids and our grandkids, to mess up our relationship, to mess up our finances, to mess up our health. I think people are sick because they're holding on to that thing and worrying about it and fretting about it. And the thief is coming in and hitting them with a stick. And they're saying, ow, give me an aspirin. Hitting them with a stick. Ow, that's not good enough. Give me Tylenol. Ow, that's not working. Give me some other, something else. Ow, I got a headache. Somebody's got to do something about this stress. Ow. And all they had to do was let go and climb a tree and get away. Amen. We're going to, we're facing to stand up. Right now. Stand up. And I want you to ask God, what is this thing? Wow. Somebody's been holding on to something so long that you don't even know you're holding on to it. You think that's just how it is. And it don't have to be. Don't nurse it, rehearse it, or disperse it. Give it to God and let him do it. Let him forgive it. You release it. You release it. Whatever it is, ask God what it is. God, he knows they shouldn't have done it. He knows it hurt. He knows it wasn't fair. But he knows it's killing you. And when you release it, it, you may not feel good about it. You don't have to forget it. You will always have the memory that comes back when you see them and the pain associated with the, uh, the emotion associated with that memory. That don't mean you didn't forget them. It's an act of your will. What it means is you're releasing them from you getting even with them. Whatever it is, we're fixing to let it go. Let it go. Let it go. I don't like the cold anyway. Is that right? <laughs> let it go. <laughs> Anna spent all day with me. She loved it when her papa was saying, Let it go. <laughs> you don't have to be. That's a different song. What is it? What is it? We've all got something. But I'm letting it go today. Because my anointing is worth more than holding on to things. My gift for those around me is worth more than holding on to things. My calling is bigger than me holding on to things. I don't care if you're a teacher nurse, a homemaker, a doctor, or what you are, 
you have a gift that people need. And you cannot fully function in it as long as you're holding on to this thing. Are you ready? Put your hand out like this. Father God, it hurt me. And I'm asking for you to heal me. Heal the pain. Heal the emotional scars. Heal me. Physically. Spiritually. And emotionally. I am turning this thing over to you. Right now. I release them. And I let it go. Open your hand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, come on, come on. Come on. We're, we're going to do the hands just a little bit. Now, now you're free. Now you're free to be what God wants you to be. Your future is bright. This thing is gone. We're, we're getting away. We're climbing a tree. We're laughing at them natives hitting sticks on the ground. They can't touch this. Nah, 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 nah. Can't touch this. Because I let it go. We're just doing all the show tunes or whatever. <laughs> That's another show tune. MC Hammer put on a show. <laughs> that was a show. <laughs> Feels good to be free. Amen. Amen. He's going to sing this. Y'all sing it with him. And then we're out of here. And, and thank y'all for coming.
Amen. Amen. Now, don't pick it back up. It's going, you're going to have an opportunity before you get out of here today, probably. You smell cheese, walk away from the track. Turn it over to God. He forgave you when you didn't deserve it. Turn it over to Him. Let Him handle it. Because He can handle it better than you can anyway. You walk in freedom and fulfill that thing that God died for you. Send His Son to die for you to fulfill. Amen? Amen. I seal this word with the blood of Jesus. Don't forget the shower coming up. You are dismissed.